Hi, welcome to the Songwriter Diaries. This is a podcast all about picking the brain of every songwriter that you know. So grab a glass of wine and join us. My name is Megan Ellsworth. My co-host is Caroline Stump. This is the Songwriter Diaries. We're all depressed, so let's write a song about it. Hello, welcome. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Um, why don't you just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you? Sure. My name's Andy Sido. I'm a songwriter, musician, a music teacher, trying to be a producer and composer also, <laughs> and whatever yes. other loose ends I have to do to make things work. Um, I graduated from CU Denver in 2013 as a piano major, and I've been touring and teaching and writing ever since around wherever they'll let me. <laughs> <laughs> wherever they'll take me, I'll go. I'll go there. Yeah. That's awesome. I didn't know you majored in piano. I thought you majored in songwriting. They didn't have a songwriting program until my last year or maybe even my last semester. So oh. I took all the songwriting classes. I did the songwriter ensemble but they didn't have the major. So I actually majored in jazz piano and studied with Pete Ellingson for most of it. Oh, wow. Oh, I had no idea. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. He's, he's amazing. I mean, yeah, what a guy. He's still there, right? Mm-hmm. I think cool. so. I think so. hopefully God. <laughs> they're losing people left and right. No, uh, they are. Jeez. He needs to stay. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, you also host a podcast. Mm -hmm. Very exciting. Can you tell us about it, Middle Class Rockstar? Yeah. Um, I don't know if I don't know if I have a real story behind the name, um, <laughs> like uh, how it how it came about. But I thought it was a cool name because um, there's that kind of stereotype whenever you're at dinner with your family and your uncle goes, "Oh, are you still doing the music thing and working at oh, Starbucks?" You know, or, or whatever. And um, for me, this is, you know, um, I, I have big aspirations and goals for my career, but um, I make a living in the music industry and it's not silly. It's not like um, I'm still doing the music thing. Like, this, yeah. is, this is what I do. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just, I think there's the music industry, is, there's all these different facets. You can be poor, you can be rich, you can be everything in between nowadays. It's not like you either have a record deal or you're, or you're working fast food. It's just not like that anymore. So I call the middle-class rock star to just talk to a bunch of people and their careers in the industry. That's awesome. Yeah. I think there's definitely, I mean, I know we've both dealt with that stereotype just from people in our lives and I definitely think it's shocking when people hear that you're actually making money at something that you enjoy because yeah. I think they're just jealous and they mm -hmm. want to hop on that train too but yeah I love the title because it, it kind of says it all you know it's like you can still survive <laughs> I'm not yeah. starving on the street playing yeah. on a trash can so yeah yes. no absolutely well I always um I always joke that in some ways I have more job security because, you know, if like, if an engineer loses their job, they're, they're jobless, they're unemployed. Right. Whereas if we lose one of our jobs, like a gig or a student or, or a podcast interview, whatever it is, there's still, 
you know, like 12 or 13 more things there or get, you know, it's just, you don't, I mean, it would be nice to have benefits. Sure. But <laughs> other things, um, there's no, who one needs healthcare? Who needs it? <laughs> yeah. Well, this year, everybody, yeah, everybody needs it. Yeah. Holy moly. <laughs> yeah. Our whole benefit system is so messed up. Like everyone should have free healthcare, but apparently that that's a difficult so concept. Cool. Be, yeah. But then everybody would want to be a musician, right? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So true. Love it. Yeah, I love that um, you called it middle-class rock star because um, Matt Hoffman, do you know, you know Matt, right? I don't know that I do. That name sounds really familiar. Oh, he's in Strange Americans, but he... Uh, was also on this podcast. He, we were just talking about how it's like you're either like Ariana Grande or you're like this middle class like musician that's just like doing our thing, teaching lessons, like and it's so livable. So that's so awesome. I love that. We should you totally do a collab. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Let's do it. <laughs> yes. Collab. Wait, Songwriter what? Diaries. Middle class rock star. I don't know. Um, I was trying to think of a clever name on combining the names, but I I couldn't do it on the spot. I'll think on it. Middle class diaries. No. Middle class. Oh. Middle, middle class diaries. Where we don't talk to musicians at all. We like talk to engineers and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> talk to all of the middle class just about yeah. their life. <laughs> Wait, what do you call those things though? When you have like a bunch of podcasts and you form an alliance they have these things what are they called oh really wait yeah yeah like a uh, coalition it, it might be a coalition <laughs> I, don't, I have no idea <laughs> um, shoot well they they have these things where like like-minded podcasts will band, band together and sort of promote together be like we're a coalition <laughs> whatever well, we're a coalition now yeah. <laughs> we created it right here um so how have the last few months affected your middle class rock star life um and kind of like your music release schedule tell us about that yeah i mean how has it affected my life i'd say my hair has gotten more rock star and <laughs> my body has gotten less Um, well uh right when all of this started i mean besides you know the pandemic stuff but being locked inside actually was a little exciting at first once i got over the idea that we had to cancel all of our tour dates we were supposed to go to canada in april and again Uh, in october which just canceled again but um Yeah, we thought, remember when rescheduling things from April to October was a good idea? Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. Yeah, and now it's October and we're like, well, <laughs> I guess maybe next October. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but when I, once, once I got over that, and, and it was actually a little bit relieving too because I was going into this tour where there were some uncertainties about, um, you know, breaking even in certain spots and when this happened, and, and also we hadn't done a ton of, you know, when stuff started to shut down, I wasn't sure if anyone was even going to come to the shows. So when they closed the border, I was actually, as much as I love going and touring and stuff, I was kind of relieved that I was going to save some money and actually like sit back and work on my craft. 
um, and have an excuse to work on my craft. So totally, I went to town. I think I wrote some of my best songs ever. I did some home recording. I learned how to video edit and I just worked and said, Hey, we've got free time now to get better at the craft. And I took my teaching studio online, which was great because I wasn't spending any money on gas and just sitting here in the studio all day. Um, so I felt like I was in this great creative space, this great emotional space at first. Um, lately, as I have been gigging again, and uh, there's been some sense of normalcy, I guess, temporarily, um, I think it's been a little tougher because it's just been so long um, of being mostly at home where I have those days where I'm like, man, I just don't even know what to work on today. And I kind of need that mental, I don't know if it's sitting on the porch and having a beer, going for a walk, just like that mental break sometimes. Yeah. I tried to sprint through quarantine. It doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Do you have any advice for like maintaining your creativity and your work ethic through this time? Because Megan and I have talked about us really struggling to be creative and kind of, um, struggling to get the ball rolling on certain things. And if you have any advice, that would be awesome. Yeah. Well, I think I'm really struggling with that um, right now myself, I think because I was in a dead sprint for a few months. Um, and I think it's all kind of hit me like a train. Yeah. You know? um, but I mean, the, and I, I think about this constantly in the work life flow constantly changes for me anyway. Um, and I, I mean, I, I just try to keep whiteboards for everything and notes for everything. And so that when I am working, I always know what to work on because you ever get stuck mm-hmm. when you have free time and you're like, there's nothing to do. And then when you're busy, you're like, Oh shit, I forgot to do those eight things that I should be doing for my career. Yes. So I try to, you know, knock out things on the list when I have time to, but I've also been trying to make time for um, things I want to do that have nothing to do with music. And that's been helping me um, when it is time to work on music and be creative. You know, I, I I love watching baseball. So sometimes like I'll have a game I want to watch and I will just watch the game and just do that so that when I get back to the keys or whatever project I'm, feeling inspired and refreshed to do it if that makes sense totally yeah Yeah. how have you guys been dealing with it not well (laughs) just Just silence (laughs) um I think that I I mean I've just been struggling I mean I don't know if you know this Andy but I recently moved um to Nashville yeah so I made the leap so that was that's been interesting and that's taken up a lot of time and just applying for jobs, recent graduates. But um, I think I've just been struggling to find energy. (laughs) I don't know if that makes sense, but just like not even just creative, but like when I'm done with working my nine to five, it's like I don't really want to do anything besides just lay around and do like mindless tasks. Um, So just finding the energy to like enjoy creating and remember that it was fun and it was something that I love to do um just months before this so I think that's where I'm at and just trying to 
like find a love for the craft again. And, um, but I definitely think it helps taking that mental break and also doing things that you still enjoy, like watching baseball, which I I don't do, but (laughs) things that you enjoy, like watching a TV show or reading a book or whatever it is that has nothing to do with being productive, I think is very helpful to just keep you mentally sane and be productive on your inner self and not just your output. I don't know if that made sense, but I was trying to be insightful. (laughs) That actually, I think makes a ton of sense because I I think I definitely get that um, guilt sometimes. Like, is somebody watching me sitting on the couch, watching the ball game right now? Yeah. Should I be being productive right now? Am I getting behind and there's no mm-hmm. competition, right? You're not act, you're competing with yourself, really. But it feels that way sometimes, I guess. I don't yeah. know if people feel that way, but like if I'm not being productive, I'm a total piece of shit and a waste of space. Yes. Yeah. Oh my yep. God. <laughs> Preach it. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, I have that feeling often. But just trying to recognize that you need to take care of yourself first before you can be productive and make the best product that you can. And, um, that's been something I keep telling myself and I hope that it's true because I've just been like just taking some time for myself and my sanity and trying to practice self-care and accepting the fact that I do not need to be doing something at all times. Right. Um, Yeah. Megan. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I guess I've just been I don't know. (laughs) I've just been trying to stay creative in other ways and um, really trying to be more kind to myself in that aspect. So like, I feel like I sometimes when I go down, when I like sit down to write a song, I'm just so like mean to myself sometimes. So just getting into that kinder headspace has been a goal during quarantine, especially because we have had so much more time. Um, But yeah, like now that it's starting to ramp up more, um, I noticed that feeling as well of being, of not being, wanting to be as productive and wanting to just kind of like sit around, (laughs) like watch TV. And when I feel like that, I'm like, oh my God, I'm such a piece of shit. And, um, so just like working through that, but it's nice to like have these conversations with other artists. Like we've been doing recording this new season, um, and hearing that we're all struggling with this and it's, it's so communal and common like throughout this whole community. So, it's just nice to know that we're all in it together. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'm curious, what does your songwriting process look like? Like what comes first, the chicken or the egg? This is the age old story. <laughs> what comes first, the lyrics, the melodies, the instrument, <laughs> the chicken or the egg, the chicken or the egg. <laughs> Um, my songwriting process looks extremely messy. (laughs) The voice memos are lost. There's hundreds of them. The notes on my phone are lost. There's hundreds of those. There's notebooks all over the house, under the bed, in the dresser. 
Um, and uh, so, so my songwriting process looks incomplete 75% of the time. But um, I always start off with either a riff or a melody. And the melody might have a couple random words and it might not. But I'm usually not able to write more than a line or two without some direction of musical structure of some sort, whether it be chords or a melody. Um, so I, did, I have tons of riffs in my phone that I'll kind of sort through and, and try to create something, um, something from there. So I, I guess I would say I'm a music before lyrics person. I don't know if that's the, is that the chicken? Sure. <laughs> Yeah, I <laughs> chicken and then the eggs, but sometimes the eggs help the chicken. <laughs> okay, cool, yeah. Uh, what What about you guys? Are Are you the same way, or do you do lyrics, or what? Um, I think I do music first, also, actually. Yeah. But sometimes I wanted to start to get more into um, like more free writing and. Um, starting with that, like kind of almost writing poetry and then trying to put that to music, but hopefully that's something that comes out of this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I definitely am a lyrics person. Yeah. And just hearing people like starting with music, I'm like, how? Like, I don't, <laughs> I just can't, I, I mean, I'm like fine at the instruments that I play, but you know, I'm not outstanding at them so trying to come up and it happens occasionally but trying to come up with something on the instrument before like having the words and like the feeling I want to evoke from those words before is just so difficult for me um and something that I'm trying to get better at and trying to improve but I always I just have notebooks full of lyrics but then I struggle when it comes to like writing melodies and chords it's just just words without anything to support them <laughs> the egg the egg the egg um, i got so many eggs <laughs> so, so many eggs. give jealous. me some chickens i'll give you some eggs <laughs> perfect yeah <laughs> awesome so where do you take your inspiration from for your songwriting Oh, I'm any, anything and everything. I mean, I think a lot of times when there's an artist that I really get stuck on, I'll tend to, um, you know, hear, hear their chord structures and what they're singing about and even their songwriting style. Um, maybe even sometimes without realizing it and, and start to think that way for the root of the song. Um, but a lot of times it just has to do with, where I'm at in life too. I mean, for a long time, it was a bunch of heartbreak, love lost, no self-confident songs, you know? Um, lately, I've been writing about what's happening in the world, um, death, <laughs> you know, just cause not, not in necessarily a bad way, but just in a uh, observing it and analyzing it sort of way, um, how, uh, everything you do is, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm getting too deep, but everything. No, I love might, it. Might be mean, meaningless at some point. And, and so why I do it at all, or, um, 
you know, examine so just the root of all of my existential crises. Yeah, 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 exactly. Are we about to have a group existential existential <laughs> crisis? I think so. I'm ready for it. Me too. Oh, gosh, keep going, keep going. <laughs> well, or even just, I, I wrote a song. My most recent song I wrote um, this for my birthday. I got this picture of my great grandfather. Um, and I actually saw his, got to see his gravesite yesterday because we had the burial for his son, my grandfather, in Wyoming. And they are, um, they're buried like 25 yards from each other. So it's, it was really cool. Like the whole family is just all over the place for generations. And, um, but anyway, for my birthday, I got this picture of my great grandfather in his baseball uniform because um, he played baseball for many years. Oh, that's awesome. And it was what's well, it's fascinating because it's black and white. And, you know, he, he's a young guy. He's maybe in his early 30s, you know, not much older than I am right now. And he's just full of life and youth and has everything in the world to look forward to and just has this look on his face like he's going to kill everybody on the other team or whatever, <laughs> you know. And uh, it, it's, it's funny because I've, I've just started looking at it so many nights, like, or in the afternoon, I'm just stuck on something. So I look up at the wall and there's the picture. And I, I started having these thoughts about what if a picture was taken right now? That's what you guys look like. And, oh, and that's like the only, and that expression that you guys have right now is the only thing that your grandkids, your great grandkids will know about you. They'll hear stories and they'll see one visual. Um, and that's how they know you. And that's what they have to connect all the stories to. Um, and so the facial expression that you're making right now, even though it might be totally meaningless to you, you know, has to mean so much has to tie everything together. Um, so I ended up like writing this song about that, about sort of uh, still frames and, uh, I don't know. That was sorry. That was just. I just went. I just went off the deep end. I there. love that. No, I'm like I love so it. conscious of how my face looks now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I need to look inspirational. All the time. All the time. All the time. Yeah. Oh, oh gosh. Oh, no. That. Yeah. that yeah, yeah, that's crazy to think about. I, yeah. Wow. You're so insightful. There's all of these things you're talking about. I never think about. You know, and just like that visual of like you describing that song is very intense. I'm like, Oh no, I need to start thinking about what my face looks like, what legacy I'm leaving. And, um, definitely. That's beautiful though. Yeah. I love that. I can't wait to hear that song. Yeah. I like, it. I think it turned, I think it turned out pretty well, but I've just been, I've been fiddling around with it a bunch as, as we do when songs are quote unquote done. Yes. <laughs> Nothing's ever done. That was right, like yeah. a lesson that my guitar teacher who also recorded my first EP, which is hopefully no one will ever find, but it <laughs> he was like, he was like that because I kept wanting to revise for literal years, just revising the recordings and changing them. And I was 13 when we started. So very young, but, and he had to tell me like, nothing is ever going to be done and perfect in your mind. You just got to like do it like you could be editing these for the rest of your life and you just need to put it out there like you just need to you know make it done you know so yeah I think that's definitely an important thing to note when 
going back and revising things is like it never feels done but you know it probably is at some point it was probably oh, yeah. done and at its very best four versions ago yeah <laughs> and it's like oh no do i revert back to that and admit <laughs> failure or do i <laughs> do i just trash it <laughs> yeah. well it's isn't it so funny with your own songs too the things that are so important but then when you're hearing your friend's songs and they ask you those same questions about their songs, you're like, this, that, the, doesn't really matter. You know, the emotion's still there. Just pick one, pick one and put it in the box and start the next. <laughs> Man, yes. that is so accurate. Ugh. We're our worst critics. We always. are. You know, my therapist <laughs> was yes. telling me one time that it's best to kind of think about yourself, like talk to yourself inside your head um, as though you're talking to your friend, like your best friend. And Mm -hmm. I've kind of loved that. Well, not kind of, I love that idea (laughs) and um, love have been kind of trying to implement that more in my songwriting more than anything else. And I think that it's really helpful because like we all have songwriting, we're all friends here. We all have songwriting buddies and you wouldn't like, you wouldn't tell them that they suck after they, they, they share like the first line of their song. Oh, I would. I'm just kidding. (laughs) You'd just be like, wow, that that was bad. (laughs) So yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's cool. So that voice in our head isn't our best friend. We have to make our best friend, you know, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. We all hate ourselves, right? Isn't that, <laughs> the, like, isn't that the artist? Artists. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that the whole artist persona is just self-loathing and <laughs> not, not thinking that we can, not thinking, I don't know what I was trying to say, thinking that we can do so much better than we're doing all the time. Yeah. Well, in reality, we're doing just fine. <laughs> we're fine. <laughs> I love that how you've got another person in your ear that's encouraging you mm-hmm. instead of, and which is hopefully fighting against all the discouraging that um, you know we're doing ourselves. Yeah, the yeah. Critic. Yeah, it's like the angel and devil on your shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. But our internal monologue is usually the devil, unless we make it the angel. <laughs> My goal is to make it the angel. It's my core yes. goal. <laughs> yes, listen to that angel. I love it. Awesome. Wow. So we have one final question. Yeah. Why do you write songs? Uh, because I'm a narcissist who likes to be the center of attention. Uh! <laughs> um, no, because I... Uh, I love music. I've always loved music. Um, mu- I, I always tell people music gets me out of bed in the morning and it keeps me up at night. You know, I just, I love it. There's something about finishing a song um, that's that's like no other feeling. You know, when you finish a song, you've got the iPhone recordings, you've got the different drafts. And when you finally play that first acoustic recording into your iPhone, when it's finished. I mean, that's just the <laughs> best feeling ever. And then taking that in and hearing what it's going to sound like when it's recorded and out. And I, I love, I just love constantly 
hearing the finished product and trying to get it. I just love the, I love the process. Um, and, uh, and, and obviously I also like playing it in front of as many people as possible too. Right. That's partly true. Um, but, uh, I, I love it. I don't know. I don't know what else I would do. I love that answer. Beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> yes. I thought you were just going to leave it at the narcissist thing. And I was like, that's different. <laughs> Like, I mean, you know, speak your truth. Speak your truth. <laughs> yes. Oh, that was great. Beautiful. Love it. So do you have a song that you want us to play the episode out with? Um, can be one that's released, one that is yet to be released, but um, that you can tell us a little bit about, and then we will include it at the end of the episode. Yeah, it's called, it's called Shallow Left. Um, and there's really only one line that's a reference to baseball and that's it. But, um, I felt like because the song and the ideas behind it were inspired by this photo in a baseball uniform that I had to, you know, at least touch on, um, touch on something in that actual photo. So, um, yeah, it's basically about, you know, being generations removed from, um, a family member and, and making assumptions about their life and, and wanting to know more. Awesome. Love it. Thanks for coming so on, excited. Andy. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And you guys both have to have to do my podcast. Now. Yes. Yes. It's now, now we're locked in. It's like, yeah. okay, I did your podcast time to <laughs> return the favor. Yes. We love that.
I never took your name in vain You don't disrespect the dead If you had faults, they're gone from this world Better left unsaid And as the clock ticks round The moment fades And one day I'll be just like you And my